This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to these fallen members. Jason Greider, TI-80333 from Bloodfin Garrison. Anders T. Nielsen, SL-26790 from Danish Garrison. Hans Larsen, TI-18181 from New England Garrison. Don Ralston, IC-6149 from Connecticut Garrison. Jim Farrell, TK-95970 from Cloud City Garrison. Marta Pakanowska, INTI-42623 from Polish Garrison. Dominic Rain, CT-32723 from German Garrison. We honor them all with places in our Hall of Eternal Legionaries. We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Give me regular reports, please. Right. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 135 for September 2022, and here are your hosts, myself, Todd, TB, and TI-10078. This is Nikki, DZ-8397. And this is Marcus, TK-14057. And I'm Joe, TI and SL-12743. The 501st Legion is currently at 14,922 members, with more than 33,000 approved costumes in the Legion. The newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording is Tom DeWard, TK27904, a new ANH stunt trooper for the Dutch garrison. In this episode, we support the Peter Mayhew Foundation in a huge way, create our own event to troop, and have one of our Vaders ride a horse. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson, founder of the Fighting 501st Legion, and you're listening to the 501st cast, Vader's Fist. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Dopodirolia! I am Wacky Watto and I have great big deal for you! At Wacky Watto's, we have the largest selection of spare parts and used appliances on Tatooine. Halloween projector start at 29 whoopee whoopee! Hyperdrive motivator start at 100 whoopee whoopee! Not even local Jawas can keep up with our ever-expanding inventory. How about a Jawa juicer for 15 whoopee whoopee? No get me wrong, I like my customers. We only accept real money, not worthless Republic credits. That way, you know you're getting a good deal. No funny business. No money, no parts, no deal. Wacky Watto wants your business. Especially since I just lost a slave. I'm going crazy. So come see what we have to offer before Watto loses anything else. I bet heavily so you get the best prize. Poodle. Wacky Wattos. All terms subject to HUD approval at time of purchase. Accessible location only. We 
have several new entries to the 501st Legion costume reference library since our last episode. First up is our clone trooper detachment. They've added the 332nd clone trooper realistic style phase two to their roster. The uh, 332nd was formed within the 501st ranks, and they painted their helmets as a tribute to Ahsoka. This realistic version is based on the Hot Toys design of the 332nd Grunt. They also added the 501st Legion Phase 2 Clone Officer version, as seen in Battlefront 2, to their roster. Our Imperial Officer Corps has added two new officer suits to their roster. First is the Sith Eternal, a.k.a. Final Order Officer, as seen in The Rise of Skywalker. And secondly is the Republic Medic Officer, as seen in Star Wars The Clone Wars, primarily in the cloning facilities on Kamino. Bounty Hunters Guild has added two powerful ladies to their roster, Bo-Katan from Season 2 of The Mandalorian, and Fennec Shand, as seen in both Season 1 and 2 of The Mandalorian. Our Crate Clan detachment has greenlit the CRL for Max Rio band member Barquin Dan. He's the one seen playing the clue horn in Jabba's palace when Bausch arrived with the captured Chewbacca. The Sith Lord detachment has greenlit a hard-earned CRL, the Dark Ray costume, as seen in The Rise of Skywalker a dark side vision of Rey who appears to her on the remains of the second Death Star. Those costumes are all now ready for independent GML approval, and as always, you can check out links directly to each new CRL in our show notes, and you can see the full list at 501st.com slash CRL. Thanks again to the Legion membership team for those updates. Brock TK5430 from Mountain Garrison has set a world record goal to wear 501 unique Star Wars t-shirts every day to celebrate the 501st Legion's 25th anniversary. He has started on May 26, 2021, and only has less than a dozen days left to reach day number 501. We hope to have him on to talk about his record-breaking t-shirt wearing adventure. And this isn't actually the first time, now that I think about it, that he's done this, because he had two different times, I think, leading up to the premiere of movies where he would encourage everyone to wear t-shirts to celebrate. And I participated Mm -hmm. and I think leading up to solo, it was, um, not 501 different. More like 30, right? Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I don't have that many star Wars t-shirts and I do have a lot of star Wars t-shirts. Um, but yeah, it's, so you had to like, um, pick something, uh, unique for every day. You weren't supposed to duplicate it if you could. Mm -hmm. And take a selfie and post it on Facebook. So it was a lot of fun to actually go through my wardrobe and kind of wear shirts that I don't normally wear very often. So good luck to, to Brack. Hopefully, I don't know if he's going to try to submit to like the Guinness Book or, or what he's going to do. <laughs> That'd be, be awesome. Fun. Well, now it's time for our Catching Up with Our Honorary Members segment. During a convention earlier this month, Ohio Garrison had the pleasure of inducting Richard Brake as an honorary member of the 501st Legion. Mr. Brake has earned this distinction for his brilliant performance as the villainous officer Valen Hess, as was portrayed in Chapter 15 of The Mandalorian. And at DragonCon this year, one of our favorite Star Wars authors, Timothy Zahn, was awarded the Best Media Tie-In Novel for Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser Evil and Best Military Science Fiction or Fantasy Novel for A Call to Insurrection, written with David Weber and Thomas Pope. Earlier this month at Rose City Comic Con in Portland, the local Cloud City Garrison and Kashyyyk Base both had a wonderful setup, and among the guests at that con was Giancarlo Esposito, a.k.a. Uh, Grand Moff 
not Grand Moff, sorry, Moff Gideon um, in The Mandalorian. He did stop by the uh, display, and especially to the cantina set, and came in and did sign the inside of the wall and took pictures with the uh, Star Wars Oregon uh, members that were uh, on hand. So that was a really nice visit from Giancarlo Esposito. Hi, this is Mark Hamill, and you're listening to the 501st Cast, the most forceful podcast in the galaxy. Enjoy! Back on June 17th through the 19th, Star Garrison deployed an amazing 54 troopers and handlers to Fan Expo in Dallas. In addition to 501st volunteers, there were over 21 mercs, 17 Rebel Legion members, 16 Saber Guild members, and 4 members of the Dark Empire, for a grand total of 112 volunteers from the Star Wars clubs. Through everyone's efforts over the course of the three-day convention, $6,339 was raised for the Peter Mayhew Foundation. If this is the first time you've heard of the foundation, please make sure to head over to www.mayhewfoundation.org to learn more about how they are devoted to the alleviation of disease, pain, suffering, and the financial toll brought on by life's traumatic events. By providing its available resources directly to deserving children and adults in need, they assist numerous charitable organizations in order to promote and boost their effectiveness and provide support where needed. We'll also include links to photo galleries from each day of the con in our show notes. On July 1st, our Death Star Garrison deployed seven members to Campinas City to celebrate the 122nd anniversary of a fire department in Brazil. The evening of July 16th, Empire City Garrison helped organize and attended the Sci-Fi Minicon in Hicksville, New York, to benefit the Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County, CP Nassau. This originally began as a possible get-together with the ECG and other fan groups to welcome actor Dominic Pace, who portrayed Gecko the Bounty Hunter on The Mandalorian. When he visited the area, Anna grew into so much more. As they began to put it together, they found a local venue that was free for non-profits that would provide a huge space for them to hold the gathering. That is when the idea was hatched to make this a more substantial event that could be used to benefit a local charity. ECG partnered with CB Nassau, and they were willing to run the charity aspect of the event as ECG tried to gather support in the community. They began asking other groups and notable contacts if they would be willing to attend, and the guest list began to grow. In addition to ECG, Rebel Legion's Echo Base, the Saber Ghost Endor Temple, the Dark Empire's Coronet Spire, and even the Long Island Ghostbusters were on board. They had celebrity guests including Dominic Pace, Pro Wrestlers um, Rage and Chaos, um, wrestler Brimstone, who is also a producer host on Grindhouse Radio, actress and cosplayer Jacobella Luongo, George Papadimatos, actor from The Deuce, Daredevil, and the upcoming Jimmy's and Jenny's sitcom pilot, and two cast members from the 1979 film The Warriors, Apache Ramos and Wanda Ellis, sponsored by Dio Jackson of Rocky's Comics. Plus, they had a few vendors, including Rocky's Comics, Alpha Gods, and Brothers Grimm Gaming, agreed to come. As we were putting this together, ECG member Justin proposed building a life-size trash compactor set, and that idea took off within the garrison. They raised funds internally through member donations to cover supply costs, and Justin began construction of the set on May 1st, 2022, with help from many of garrison uh, members along the way. The goal was to have it ready in time for this event and use it going forward at other events, including your Comic Con. 
Justin and the other, and the team worked tirelessly to make this happen, and it was ready just in time and looked incredible. The minicon itself took a huge effort from all the members who attended. Many of them came as early as noon to bring and construct the trash compactor set. They were also responsible for setting up all the tables and chairs to arrange the room for the fan groups, guests, and vendors. Everyone all pitched in to help, and by 4 p.m., they were ready to suit up. CP NASA had a large station in front, staffed by their own volunteers, where they had items for sale, snacks, drinks, raffles, and activity tickets, with all proceeds being collected to benefit the charity. The ECG was running Blasted Trooper and Photo Ops with a backdrops and set, while Sabergill did a show and Jenna training. The other fan groups and vendors agreed to give a portion of any proceeds they raised at their tables to the charity as well. The con was free to attend, so all the proceeds ra raised were at the event itself. And the event was very well attended, and attendees began to arrive just before 5 p.m., and there was a constant flow until the last half hour or so. They estimated that around 600 to 750 people attended, which was amazing since the only advertising done was online through word of mouth and a radio interview done in the week prior to the event. The Trash Compactor set was a huge hit and was a remarkable achievement for everyone involved. ECG had two new costume debuts at the event as well. John, TD51827, was wearing his new Sand Trooper, and their news member, Angela, TK87665, had her first official troop. Great work to both of you. When it was all over, they all pitched in to tear down the setup and thank everyone who participated. CP NASA reports they raised over $2,000 at the event, which was incredible um, for a free local event that only lasted three hours. They were very appreciative and hope that they can partner again to do another event like this next year. ECG would like to thank all the guests, fan groups, and vendors who attended to make this a truly special event, and those members who were able to come early to help set up, and those who pitched in to help wherever they could. This was not our usual event where we just show up, Everyone contributed in various ways to make this happen. Thank you for helping make this event a success for the ECG and CPNASA. On July 16th, 10 members of our Death Star Garrison attended an event in Valino City to support the philanthropic organization called Acesa Capuava, which assists people with autism spectrum disorder, intellectual disability, multiple disabilities, and deafness. Founded in 2002, it works with the needy community throughout the metropolitan region of Campinas and is formed by a group of professionals who came together with the mission of providing a service of unconditional love and citizenship. All of its employees believe in human beings, in their infinite possibilities, and in their ability to transform and transcend any and all conditions of life. The association's main objective is to help people with disabilities and in situations of social exclusion through interdisciplinary care in the areas of education, health, culture, and social service. Death Star Garrison donated 100 children's books and a painting that was painted in 2019 by a teenager with Down syndrome and donated to the Garrison at the August 2019 event Itape Geek. But because of the pandemic, the painting was kept and delivered at this event to the administrator of Acesa Capuava. Empire City Garrison attended a National Night Out event at Bethpage High School the evening of Tuesday, August 2nd. National Night Out is an annual community-building campaign that promotes police-community partnerships to help make our neighborhoods safer, more caring places to live. 
It seeks to strengthen the relationship between neighbors and law enforcement, fostering a true sense of community. They were invited by the Beth Page Kiwanis organization and were happy to deploy five troopers to support it. The kids and adults had fun visiting the various vendor tables, playing games on the field, and having snacks like pizza and ices. ECG had a great time handing out cards, interacting with the attendees, and taking photos with them. It was well attended and a great local community event. Empire City Garrison attended the Giant Kids and Ty Lewis Campbell Foundation Muddy Puddles Mess Fest at Camp Peewee in Carmel, New York on Saturday, August 6th. Giant Kids is a not-for-profit charity recognizing the courage of ill children and their families nationwide through awards and other forms of recognition. They have partnered again this year with the Ty Lewis Campbell Foundation to do a mess fest. This event helps raise money for the organization and is an outing for children with illnesses and their families, as well as their supporters and donors. They also give out awards to celebrate the courage these children have shown throughout the year. The ECG has been supporting this event for the past 14 years. It is a touching and emotional event to be part of, and they really appreciate our troopers coming out to support this, and they have already indicated they want ECG back next year and possibly also for the gala in the spring. Russ, SL4038, Mark, TD52490, Chris, TK64, or 6744, I should know his number by now, goodness, John, TD51827, Lyle, TD61303, and Justin, TK52503, volunteered from ECG, and they were joined by Celeste as Leia and Chris as a Jedi from the Rebel Legion. It was a hot and humid day, but they managed to stick it out with only a break or two for the three-hour troop. This was a great family event. The Camp Kiwi facility has a large pool, activities, and games for the whole family. And they have, as the name would indicate, messy activities the kids love, like a mud pool, food fights, pie-in-the-face station, and all this stuff where they could just enjoy making an absolute mess. ECG was proud to support it with the largest turnout of members they've been able to send in years for this event. And they were also able to present their member, Celeste, DZ61308, with her ECG Trooper of the Month Award for July. So great job. Empire City Garrison attended Long Island Tropicon the weekend of August 20th to the 21st. This was a small pop culture convention with comics, gaming, and cosplay, and it was the first time ECG was able to support it in three years due to COVID cancellations. The nine members of ECG who volunteered were joined by Bella as Leia, Greg as Luke and Lisa as Ray from the Rebel Legion, and ECG appreciate the support. They also had a surprise visit from Brian, TK42114, the commanding officer of the Japanese garrison who was visiting the U.S. All our troopers had a great time interacting with guests, taking photos, and raising money for Stony Brook Children's Hospital. They had a small prize basket of items donated by members, and they ran a blasted trooper sporadically over the course of the event to raise more donations. Over the two days, they raised over $250 for the hospital. They also did a panel on Sunday, which went very well, during which they presented their trooper Justin with a special gift to thank him for his hard work on ECG's trash compactor set. ECG would also like to thank those members who were able to come early to help set up and get things going and who stuck it out for some long hours on both days to keep the table covered. Thank you for helping make this event a success for the ECG and Stony Brook Children's Hospital. On August 21st, Death Star Garrison deployed to a college in Campinas for Anima Fest 2. 
Anima Fest is a circuit of geek and pop culture events that tour through some of the great cities in the interior state of Sao Paulo, Brazil, bringing various fans of nerd culture, geek pop, otakus, animes, with product exhibitions, theme rooms, cosplays, cosmakers, etc. To all of the editions of the show, the garrison is invited to build a Star Wars theme room to promote the 501st Legion, recruit and interact with fans and followers passionate about Star Wars. Ten members of Death Star Garrison were joined at this event by three members of Brazilian Division Garrison, as well as five members of the Galactic Academy. On August 25th through 28th, Canadian Garrison, joined by several members of Garrison Excelsior, invaded Toronto for the mega-convention Fan Expo Canada. Fan Expo Canada always throws up unique surprises and touching moments for the 501st and our hard-working members. Two such events stood out this year. Anthony Daniels, a.k.a. C-3PO, wild convention-goers, with a surprise visit to our booth. To sit on the Emperor's throne and add to its famous user's signatures and take photos. Mr. Daniels then turned up unannounced to our changing room, where we talked Star Wars to all, including a long costume chat with one of Canadian Garrison and Canadian Base's dual members about his newly complete C-3PO costume. Paul Lee, a member of the 501st Canadian Garrison in his own right, star of The Mandalorian and Kim's Convenience, gave his time so generously at the 501st booth to take photos to support Make-A-Wish Canada. Events like these make both our followers and our members Fan Expo Experience Extra Special. Canadian Garrison thanks both gentlemen from the bottom of their hearts for their time, attention, and company in Toronto. Our members are eternally grateful and remember these moments forever. It is with great pride and appreciation that the Garrison can announce that thanks to the Fire First Legion members and Fan Expo attendees, a most impressive $9,166 Canadian was raised for Make-A-Wish during Fan Expo Canada 2022. Now, Nikki, you attended this event as well, didn't you? Yes, I've been attending Fan Expo, or it used to be called uh, Canadian National Science Fiction Expo, since 1999. I only missed one year because Celebration got uh, booked on the exact same weekend. So obviously, this is the biggest convention of the year for me. It's Even though I'm in New York, Toronto is only three hours away for me, so it's, a, it's quite an easy drive. And anytime we go up there, we're treated like family by the Canadian garrison when we troop in the Great White North, as we call it. And I was disappointed I was not in the changing room at the time when Anthony Daniels came by, but that was super exciting. I was, however, in the changing room when Paul Lee came in, but it was it was like surreal, though, because he's a 501st Legion member. So he mm-hmm. just came in with his costume, found a spot in the changing room, got suited up, just like everybody else. <laughs> so it was like I kind of had to do a double take. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, and also he wasn't, um, he was, wasn't, no, appearing at Fan Expo. He was, he was trooping. He only, he put on his costume, he trooped to the 501st Legion booth. He wasn't, you know, out in the autograph area or anything like that. So that was really special that we, we kind of got our, our own little star at our booth. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's cool. But the big thing for me that was thrilling at the event was, um, my son earned his wings presented by TI-9767 for his first TIE flight as a full-fledged 501st Legion member. So I want to give a shout-out and welcome to the 501st Legion to TI-32603. Nice. It was super exciting. Awesome. 
Yeah, I know you guys probably seen my personal um, Facebook page, but I had found a picture of Tom who had presented his wings and Connor back when Connor was like two years old, oh. I think, um, the two of them together. And they were almost in the exact same pose next to each other when he got his wings like wow. 16 years later. So it was so adorable. Um, and I'm so glad that we were able to have that presentation at Fan Expo because we usually hit a lot of big milestones at that event. And it's great to celebrate them with not only Excelsior, but the Canadian garrison there as well. So always a that's fun really time cool. at Fan Expo. Oh, Did he awesome. choose his number? Yes. Yes. Yep. He chose his number. It, it's his birthday. So <laughs> it was kind of easy to remember. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's that's fantastic. And and just on a personal note for uh you know, for you, Nikki, you know, to be able to now have your son as a, a full fledged Fire Force member earning his wings, you, you must have been so proud. Yes. Yeah, it was very exciting. He's been watching the the five oh first number list for a few mm -hmm. years now, trying to hope like like no one would take his number before he could finish his costume and be eighteen and, <laughs> and grab the number for himself. Um he's also the first Second generation Garrison Excelsior member, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So now we have three second generation 501st members where like the children or the parents are already members and their children have become members. So it, it makes me feel old, but it's also very cool at the same time. And was he uh, a part of Galactic Academy before that, I would assume, before um, then joining the 501st proper? Yeah, he's been part of the Galactic Academy uh, since the beginning, he's number eleven. He's the eleventh um, wow. Galactic Academy person. So, yeah, he was, you know, right, right there at the beginning. And he actually asked me because for the Jolly Roger Squadron, they have you take and chronicle, you know, all of your troops and document it. Um, and then they have these milestone kind of titles that they give you when you reach a certain amount of troops. So for TI-9767, Tom, who gave him his wings, uh, he's a baron because he's reached over 400 troops um, since Ooh. becoming a 501st Legion mm. member. And that's just troops in his TIE costume. He also has other costumes which he troops in. So he's done a lot of trooping. Um, but uh, he was asking me, for the Jolly Roger forums, he's like, should I list all of my Galactic Academy events as well? And I'm like, well, you can just for the sake of posterity, but it won't count towards your 501st uh, TIE flights. But it'll still be cool to look at the thread and see all of the trooping um, that he's done since he became, uh, I forgot what his Galactic Academy. It's like CTC0011 or something was his Galactic mm -hmm. Academy number. And now... TI-32603. And were his Galactic Academy um, appearances also in a Jolly Roger costume? No. Unfortunately, only his most recent ones, when he um, built his Inferno Squad uh, costume, were that before he was Jawa. When he first joined, it was just a Halloween costume of a 501st clone trooper. And of course, also he goes around and um, puppeteers R2 most of the mm -hmm. time as well. What a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> no, did you yell Appa when you saw Paul? No, I actually haven't seen Kim's Convenience. <laughs> oh, so okay. I know, I know his character. I've you know I've seen pictures, I've seen the memes and stuff, but I haven't. <laughs> so okay, yeah, it's worth worth a watch. So moving on, the weekend of August twenty sixth and twenty seventh, Japanese Garrison participated in the thirty ninth 
Tainé Star Festival, held in Tainé City, Nagata Prefecture. Prior to the start of the event, they es- escorted uh, Tainé City Tourism PR Ambassador Miss Rina Hosgawa to the stage. Then they enjoyed, wait for this, horseback riding, and we'll have a photo of that, and dancing with uh, Komiko Japan with the Nakojo Wagumi Yosako dancing team. I'm going to totally mutilate that, but sorry, Japanese garrison. We'll try to get a photo linked in our show notes of Vader atop a horse. I was very stunned to see this. I'm not sure how they got him up there, but there is indeed photographic proof that it happened, and we'll put a link in our show notes. Wow. If the horse threw him off, that's a really quick way to get off. See, we probably would have heard about that. Well, I would say the photo includes, I think it was four troopers on either side holding the lead. Okay. So hopefully he was quite (laughs) secure and not going anywhere. Wow. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. Back to New York. Empire City Garrisons attended the Walk to End Alzheimer's at Belmont Lake State Park the morning of Sunday, September 18th. The Walk is a family-friendly event that takes place in communities nationwide to raise funds for Alzheimer's research, education, advocacy, and awareness. Matthew TK62257, Chris TB6744, Joe TX17824, Alan TX97491, and Justin TK52503 from the ECG were there. The event was well attended with a steady stream of kids and adults throughout the morning. They were vendors and local businesses with tables with different games and raffles. The weather did cooperate. It was a warm and sunny fall morning, so they all had a great time taking photos with guests, handing out cards, and getting the crowd excited for the walk. On Sunday, September 18th, a small group of Garrison Excelsior members and droid builders attended a family day event at the Charlotte Genesee Lighthouse to celebrate its 200th anniversary. Although attendance was light due to the predicted rain, which thankfully didn't come until after they had packed up, Excelsior members had fun being able to troop at the historic lighthouse on the shore of Lake Ontario for the first time ever. After the troop, some of them even braved the spiral staircase and ladder to scale the lighthouse and learn more about its history from the docent stationed up by its light. Shifting gears now real quickly, Marcus, you've attended a convention for the first time recently that I have always wanted to go to, that I've never been. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I've gone to conventions in Tennessee, where you are. I've been to Conuga. That's one of my favorites. But you recently went to some place in Atlanta. Uh, And uh, how did that go? What was it and how did it go? It was a small local con called Dragon Con, I think. Oh, um, my goodness. No dragons to be seen. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was the first time <clears throat> attending um, this convention, although it's just a four-hour drive from where I live to Atlanta, so I don't know why I didn't, hadn't done this earlier. Um, it's always well, um, you know, um, staffed, I guess, by by, um, by the Georgia garrison and, and visiting garrisons. So... But yeah, so it was really a moment. Maybe two days before, I decided, okay, let, let me just go. Let me just check it out. And they still had, you know, they had tickets available. So, for um, so I bought, I bought one and uh, drove down and just uh, kind of took it all in. And it was just, uh, I mean, I've seen pictures before and 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 talked to people who've been there, but it was it was everything they said and more. Um, the 
the time and uh, talent that people spend and have on their costumes that they probably only wear once for that for that year is amazing. Uh, so many like deep cuts of TV shows, maybe just the scene from a movie, just one scene, or anime, or I mean, I, I have to tell honestly, probably eighty percent of the costumes I saw there, I had no clue what they were. They look great, and I'm sure there was, you know, some TV source behind it or a t- uh, movie, but um, I mean, everything, just electronics and special effects on their costumes, in- incredible. I, I can't, I can't say anything, uh, you know, more about it. But it was just uh totally mind-blowing and they had yeah, a few- the costumes yeah dragon Con are just amazing i completely agree what would you say is mm-hmm. like one of the uh the deep cuts or most surprising or something that really impressed you <laughs> you saw that, that i also recognize because that's also a thing i mean like <laughs> probably a thousand deep cuts but um let, let me think uh there was one one thing i saw um i'll get back to you on this one um it's it's uh it's it's somewhere in my memory but um, we had a parade on Saturday, which was through, uh, downtown Atlanta and, uh, there was a staging area in a parking garage. Um, shuttles were, were, um, bringing the people there and we would start, you know, we would walk from there to back to the, to the main, um, area where, where Dragon Con is being held because it's being held by you know, at least like five or six locations, mostly hotels. Um, so, yeah, we were staged, staged, um, in the parking garage, and they were, you know, we were divided into groups. We had, you know, Star Wars, we had, there was Star Trek, there was, um, they were, um, you know, uh, Spartans, um, just everything, everything and anything what was there. And then the people were, I mean, I was, I wasn't in costume, I was, I was handling, um, um, our guys, um, with Georgia Garrison and Steele Garrison who attended. And the people were just going absolutely crazy, um, the spectators. So that was also another insane moment. It was my first ever, um, parade, you know, even non-handler or, or customer. Um, oh wow. But so, yeah, just the, the energy coming from the people. Uh, and we had a huge sand collar, which was, which has been a staple. For a few years now, and uh, that sort of concluded the parade um, as as the as the tail of the of the entire parade. But yeah, it, it, insane, really. And then it just it, it just went on and on and on. Uh, we had a mixer, photographer's mixer, um, that evening, and um, it was great seeing people, and it was just great seeing again all the people in costumes and how they did it and what they did. Incredible. So I definitely want to go back next year. Maybe even do something, maybe not Star Wars, you know, because you see a lot of people in costumes that are there as a group. Um, and so I'm not going to do something. Maybe Babylon 5 or something along those lines. Now, Marcus, we'll correct see. me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm yes, wrong. Sir. But um, I do believe that convention is not at a convention center but and not at a mm-hmm. hotel, but at several hotels. Am I right? Yes. And I think um, the programming is also 24 hours. Is that correct, too? I don't think it was 24 hours, but it was very um, late in the evening. I think they started at 10 with their program. You can access the hotels earlier. but And they go pretty late. Um, but I 
don't think it was 24 hours. It's based on the program that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, they were in one, two, three, four, five hotels and then a non-hotel location. So, but all within minutes of walking distance. Some were even connected with, with each other. Um, they were huge food courts. Um, so if you lived in a state models hotels, um, and you were only interested in maybe programming that were contained within the connecting hotels, I think three were connected. You never left, you know, you never saw daylight, you know, technically if you didn't want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, the actual like partying in those hotels, th- those were like, those were hours, hours long into the, into the morning hours. Maybe that's um, what I meant by, uh, 24 yeah, they hours. They were, they so. were DJs. I, Joe, I believe there were, used to be 24 hour programming, but I don't think it was the case this year. Uh, got it. Yeah. And Todd, I don't, I can't recall. Sorry. I can't recall the, um, actually, you know, you know there was one. It wasn't deep cut. It was, it was fun. Um, so there was an Indiana Jones cosplayer and his partner was the boulder, for example, like <laughs> the boulder. So only, only her head and feet, arms and feet were sticking out. But I mean, it's something like this, like, um, uh, you know, the, the combination of those two was, was just funny. I think yeah. the favorite photo that I saw was the, the three villains from Superman in the Phantom Zone. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> they were, yeah. they constructed this yeah. like clear plexi <laughs> thing that they would press their face up against. Yeah. Um, that was, that was the most imaginative one that I saw pictures of, at least. <laughs> I saw that too. That one looked just fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. When, the last time I went, I went in 2005 and 2007 for Dragon Con. Nice. And I think it was only in three hotels with maybe one mm-hmm. other hotel used for uh, like a badge pickup line kind of thing. Yep. But yeah, the host hotels, I think, are already booked for next year. So at this they point, if, <laughs> so if someone wants to go, <laughs> they're already having to look, you know, outside that little cluster of host hotels. It's It's crazy. This, that's what I did because I, again, like I said, it was two days before. So I found a hotel nearby, which surprisingly they still had room. And it was like five minutes by, um, you know, on foot. But yeah, the, the, the big ones, the, you know, Hyatt and the Hilton and the Marriott, they are, they are already booked out. Um, I don't know how this exactly works, but if you stay in a hotel, you know, for, DragonCon, I think you already got a room for next year if you want it. So that's why there's so, you know, the chance of getting a room, um, as a, you know, as a newbie, so to say, is, is slim to none. You can just hope that you can stay maybe with somebody who is, who has a hotel room, but, um, otherwise just, um, yeah, I mean, I looked the other day and nope. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's special uh legacy reservations they call yes. it. Yep, yep. Where like people made arrangements like many years ago and they just keep going every year and they get uh a hotel mm-hmm. reserved for them. I talked to a member of uh, from um it was a I think it was in Virginia. Um he he couldn't go last year, so he had somebody else stay in the rooms just so he wouldn't lose you know, yeah, it's like it's, a timeshare thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, but overall it was it was great. Um, again, it was short, just a short visit, but just you know, of, of the the few the few things I saw were were just um, you know, like 
just lasting memories, really. Um, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I probably spent more time just sitting in the lobbies, uh, people watching, mm-hmm. than I did going to any programming. You mm-hmm. know, when I was at Dragon Con, because it's just crazy creativity. Yeah, that's that's the big draw is the creativity um, of the people. Like I said, you know, they it probably takes them all year to build it, and then they wear it, and then they, you know, build something else for the for the next year. <clears throat> um, but you see a lot of, um, again, from all genres, you know, um, any any kind of any kind of TV, any kind of movie, and um, and some were so clever, you know, like the Boulder in indie. And once you see it, you think, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of this? Or, like, I've never seen this in my life before. But people just come up with so, you know, many things. Like I said, it's just maybe from one particular scene. Um, and then that's all it takes. You know, if only one person recognizes that, I think the day, you know, the day's made, like, it's, 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 it's motivating to uh, people to, uh, I guess, people to, you know, to talk to somebody and say, hey, I recognize this. It's pretty clever. And so I saw a lot of, a lot of that. Um, I just can't recall what I saw because there were so many, so many cool costumes. I, I went, uh, I've been three times. I think I went in, uh, 2011, oh, nice. 2012 and 2018. So it's been a mm-hmm. few years. So I had the last one. Um, but you know, one of the costumes that stands out to me, it was not one that was overly elaborate. It was not, you know, a, a, like difficult to create. Um, but this one guy, I remember we were, I just walking by and like I was over in the food court, you know, it's like away from the hotels and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's just wearing like slacks, white collared shirts, you know, short sleeve, the tie. And he's, he's wearing glasses that are like, you know, kind of, you know, taped at the rim and carrying a briefcase. <laughs> it could be anyone, right? <laughs> and I'm like, and this is, I don't know if you've seen it, you know, it might be an obscure movie or, you know, but there was a movie in the early 90s called Falling Down with Michael mm-hmm. Douglas. Yes. Oh, that, oh, of course. And that's what the guy was dressed as. So I, and I don't remember it mostly just because of the costume itself, but it was because he was cosplaying. He was completely in character. I was like, are you? Michael Douglas from Falling Down, and he grabs his briefcase to his chest and shakes it, and he says, I just want to get home. <laughs> I'm like, you, sir, for the commitment to the character and the way you pull it off, like, kudos to you. And, you know, as I say, and that is not something, you know, for a, uh, you know, costuming group like us that I necessarily should, should necessarily be impressed by, you know, for, for that, but just his commitment to character, his commitment to, to that role. You know, it was it was beautiful to see. <laughs> okay, so I remember, I remember one now. So Jaws, right? Movie Jaws. We have Quinn, the captain, and then we have um, we have uh, Matt uh, Hooper, um, played by help me out, um, so Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I think Quinn is crushing a coal can or something or some sort of can and Matt Hooper is holding a plastic cup and he's crushing that one so there was a cosplayer as Matt Hooper crushing plastic cups that's that's what he did and um, <laughs> so you know 
ingenious. Like I said, just a few seconds in the movie. But he, uh, that's what he just had to do. Oh, it would be hilarious if that ended up being the, so there was a bunch of Canadian Garrison members that, uh, Fan Expo and Dragon Con are back to back weekends. And they mm-hmm. took and went down to Dragon Con right after Fan Expo and they went as a group from Jaws. Oh, okay. So that would be so funny if it, w- it happened to have been them. Oh, but I think there was four of them though that went around together. Sure, I wanted yeah. to say. Yeah. Well, really glad to hear you had such a good time at Dragon Con. It really is such Thank a you. different con from all others, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad it was, had a positive impression that you uh, you want to go back. I I loved it, and I look forward to going again someday. Yeah, thank you. And it's a quick drive, you know, four hours. It's it's nothing. Um, so I'll definitely be back. Member shout out for this episode's member shout out. We're recognizing our August Trooper of the Month. Eric Zamora Flores, SL25107 from Skull Garrison. After a long wait of almost half a year, in which he had to take special conditioning to be a donor, finally on August 23rd, Eric donated one of his kidneys, saving the life of a 29-year-old woman. For this brave act, his garrison mates wanted to nominate him to receive the Trooper of the Month distinction, as they were all very proud to have him in their ranks. With a cheerful and jovial character, always willing to help others and support his unit with all the work that he does, Eric served as commanding officer for Skull Garrison during the 2019-2020 to term. He's additionally held multiple positions over the years since his integration into the 501st Legion in October of 2016. He has always acted in a helpful and warm manner, promoting the ideals and values of the 501st Legion in a fun and cheerful way encouraging his members to work for our club. Eric is always the first to support all altruistic causes and troops, which are his favorites, participating in organizations and always taking care of his fellow troopers. In addition to having special connection with the little ones, always make them smile. Congratulations, Eric. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Cast is also available on the iHeartRadio app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization.
Darth Vader on a horse.